0: We're going shopping for energy and materials dividends on this energy edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools, I am Sean O'Reilly here in studio at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Thursday, November 19th, and this week is dividend week on Industry Focus. Dun da da! Da-da-da-da! Hey! Yay! Hey. Uh joining me and whose uh sultry voices you just heard are Tyler Crow and Taylor Muckerman. Uh what's the good word, boys? Well, we were just talking about a whole lot of Carolina Panthers. A whole lot I
1: was of about Carolina
2: to say there's a the, year.
0: Ask Taylor. He's the he's is a it, Carolina is this Panthers it? fan.
1: It could be. Rematch of two thousand three. Could
0: be, be a big cat, I think, is the the trend I've seen.
1: Well, yeah, so the well the Bengals are out. Yeah, so just wild, the Panthers wild, and apparently uh the Cheetahs i still left. thought
0: the cheetahs who would have thought
1: ah, it a little gif i saw the other day
0: yeah you'll have to send that to me
1: new england cheetahs
0: cheetahs cute oh that's what i saw yeah whatever um oh my god did you see how uh the patriots won over the weekend
1: yes i hated it we need to be the best team for once
0: I know. I just I feel bad for Eli and just the whole whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, my my
2: dad's a Giants fan. He was he was not a happy. Did man. he not a happy? More TVs broken. <laughs> no his his old. It's thing not is, the Super Bowl. It, but always it was thing a rematch. is when the Giants aren't playing well, he goes down and cleans the garage. <laughs> um, the garage was spotless after. Beautiful. Last it was spotless.
0: swept. The shelves were organized. Oh, yeah. Everything beautiful. Awesome. Uh, so uh, moving on to the energy sector and dividends. Um, other shows, you know, so far this week have highlighted, you know, American brands like Johnson and Johnson, Philip Morris, like storied American brands that we all know are just going to pay off tons of tons of dividends and cash flow and all kinds of good stuff. Uh, we have a little bit tougher of a job because our sector's not doing so hot right now, and it is extremely cyclical. Uh, in your opinion, what's the biggest challenge to investing in energy and materials for income?
2: Well, I think what, what you just said there is a really important thing. That energy and materials just doesn't have. Uh, you, you, like you said, Johnson and Johnson, Philip Morris, uh, it, thinking of Coca-Cola, Procter, storied yeah. storied brands. They have that ability to brand, and with brand comes pricing power, and that is an extremely powerful thing. You can just be like, "Oh, we're going to raise uh, Starbucks. We're going to raise fifty cents," and nobody says a word do. about it and they oh, wow. do routinely. <laughs> you know, you can do that with cigarettes, you can do that with a bottle of Coca-Cola. Unfortunately, get me you know, ExxonMobil s- crude. I yeah, only there, want ExxonMobil crude. There is crude. no such thing as branded um, product in the energy and materials space. It is a commodity and you, you know, you could say that somebody like an ExxonMobil has a recognizable name, but it doesn't mean that what they do uh, is going to generate a premium simply because of that. And without that pricing power, and like you said, uh, we're much more subjected to commodity prices in energy and materials, and it makes it that much harder uh, to get that routine, day in, day out, increasing revenue, increasing profits, increasing dividends.
0: Um, any thoughts? Oh, Anything to That's bad? pretty much it. That was it? Yeah, it's tough. You want to keep talking about the Panthers? Oh, we could. <laughs> They're winning. No, we need to give the people what they asked for. Um, that being said, is it possible for anybody in the energy and materials space to. I mean, we all know kind of the answer because there are some energy materials names on the dividend aristocrats list that we'll talk about later. But is it just about cost cutting? Like, what does it take to. Make it to a dividend aristocrat status as an energy or material name. What does is it just about cost cutting? Is it about vertical integration, which we're also talking about before we went on air? Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, prudence, foresight, consistency, crystal Uh, balls. Yeah, well, somewhat. I mean, some companies do have better insight because they have a larger customer base. They're involved in greater geographic regions, uh, so that diversity is there. Um, Some people are. More integrated, so you have companies that have refining and they have upstream, so they're a little bit more balanced there. Um, but yeah, I just think prudence in times when times are good and uh, gives you some more flexibility when times are like they are right now. Uh, and there's very, there really aren't that many names on the dividend aristocrat list. And like you said, we'll talk about it later. But they're mostly utilities, which is a fairly stable industry um, for now. Who knows the disruption that solar and wind power and renewable energy will cause, but uh for the last 100 years or however long you know we've really been relying on coal and natural gas power um and steam power and everything utilities have been the real only consistent dividend payers in the energy industry
2: and surprisingly they haven't done as great as i think so many right,
1: people yeah.
0: say i mean you i look think it's at- one
1: of those just old like Old tales.
0: Well, it's regulated. Of, Regulators yeah. try to basically guarantee a and certain And at one point, on they capital. were
1: able to grow, but right. population so. in the U.S. is kind of stabilized. So we're not in need of so many new power plants uh, as we were back in the '40s, '50s, '60s when the baby boom was coming on. And now all those folks are are old. They're living in their houses. They have kids, but they're having kids at a lesser rate even our generation now is having kids at a lesser rate than that so you're seeing population
2: throw in energy efficiency yeah. in. Energy and you know you're looking at over, yeah. flat to 1% electricity yep. growth and if you even look at like what you'd call the storied names in utilities you know you think of somebody like a southern company a duke energy somebody like that They've cut their dividends actually multiple times in the past ten, fifteen years. Yep. Did they really, the, uh,
0: you know? Because Taylor was talking about prudence and during good times and everything. Did, was they did they overreach? Like get into natural gas when it was a thirteen bucks? Like what? Uh, well,
1: these projects take forever to build, so some sometimes you just it's not overreaching when it takes place. But if five people have have a nuclear power plant or a big coal plant coming online in the next five years, and they all come on that line at once, they're like, well. We didn't really expect that to happen. Oops! So, <laughs> so was, much for that. Long. Yeah, had one or two of them come online. Sure, they'd be they'd be sitting pretty. But everybody wants a piece
2: of that, which is exactly what we see across so many other you know energy th- uh, yeah. energy and materials. I mean, we could talk about the commodities uh, boom of 2011, where everybody uh, you know specific. Let's talk about iron just for a second. Yeah. Iron ore, you know, over the past three or four years. Companies like BHP Billiton, uh, Rio Tinto, things like that have been plowing money into new um, into new mines. And all of a sudden, they're all coming online now at, you know, we could say an inopportune time in terms of demand. But at the same time, bringing that much on at the same time, oops, too much. Game over. And you have the yeah. strong dollar, so
1: it impacts a lot of these right. emerging markets where these metals are coming from. Uh, and oil is priced in the U.S. dollar, so it's more expensive internationally now. So, yeah, it's a, just so, a.
0: Are, are energy investors just out of luck when it comes to dividends? Like, what should be we be avoiding these days? Like, what do we need to avoid? Because then we can kind of narrow it down.
1: Um, cash flow, free cash flow. You want to see consistent, ca- positive cash flow there. So that kind of takes into account. Over a
0: decade? Like, what do we. No, no. I mean, yeah, like, a decade will
1: smooth out maybe a cycle or, or, or so. But. Um, when the, when you're on an upturn, you know generally I just look at the at the near term because they darn better be able to pay their cash flows then and that then, then and there because this is the best time to be able to right. b- have cash flows. Um, in the downtime, that's when I would look at a, lengthen out the time frame a little bit because hopefully this this uh, bear market in oil isn't going to last forever. So if you just look at the last year, cash flows have just been destroyed. So. You would expect that to turn around, so maybe look out to see how they've done the last two, maybe three, maybe five years, um, so that way you can get a better picture of what they've been able to do. But in in the up in the in the markets where things are soaring, like Tyler said, two thousand eleven, two thousand ten, um, you only if they're not handling their business in in the last one or two years, then Stay they're away. probably not going to handle it when the, when the cycle turns south.
0: Cool. Before we move on, and uh, going along with this week's income-focused theme, I wanted to point our listeners to a special article written by five industry-focused contributors detailing their top picks for dividend stocks. Just head to dividends.fool.com to learn our picks for the best dividend stocks for 2016. Once again, that's dividends.fool.com, and just to make it easier on everyone, I will drop it in the iTunes description of this podcast. Um are so so swell, guys. Yeah, it so easy for nice all of our Such a nice guy. Such a nice guy. I go above and beyond for our listeners. Um, so we've talked about, you know, what to avoid and how. Really, there's not a lot of multi-decade dividend increasing energy material stocks. Well, yeah, I mean, it's really really hard because it's a commodity business. Um, what are some traits that the average guy can look for, uh, guy or gal? I apologize. Uh, in companies that can maintain and consistently grow dividends,
2: well, like you said with click cash flow it 's i think uh, it 's the ability to preserve your cash flow based on your business model, um, you know, like we talked about vertical integration for somebody in energy space where when one is weak such as you know when oil prices are cheap then all of a sudden refining becomes a more profitable venture and then vice versa so you have a kind of a smoothing out of the cash flow and you could also look at even in the energy space surprisingly there are a lot of companies who aren't directly exposed to commodity prices and they're more based on the more generic supply and demand you know you look at somebody who specializes in transportation and logistics. I think the clo- if you work in those middlemen sort of ranges where you're working off of contracts, where you're working off of uh a way of pay uh, you know only charging for volume that moves through your system and you know if in, in terms of the utilities and things like that uh, the ability to get a little bit closer to the customer where you don't see as wide of swings in price as you may see, um, you know, on the kind of the front end when it comes to the generic material itself. So those sort of things will help isolate a company's cash flow from the cyclical aspect of this business. And that can actually help to preserve its dividend in a much uh, more stable way.
0: Yeah, and uh, just to kill the suspense, um, and diving down to the uh, energy dividend aristocrats, um, it, it bears out exactly what you're talking about. I mean, you've got Northwest Natural Gas, their distributor, um, Helper Campaigns, a rig owner, Consolidated Edison, that's like the quintessential utility, uh, MGE Energy, same deal, uh, Atmos Energy, natural gas distribution utility, ExxonMobil, the integrated Duh. of integrated. <laughs> uh, Energen Corp, uh, it's an oil producer, but um, they actually just recently cut their yields, so it's probably taking them on the list. And uh, Chevron, another integrated oil producer. Um, so, is that where people should be looking for
1: dividends, guys? I mean, if you want a company that's just going to... Plot along in the markets and pay consistently raising ri- rising dividend and sure yeah that's that's great, but you're not going to see a whole ton of capital appreciation
2: from these companies no. right but at the same time I mean there is a lot of power in that you know I think one of the things that's underappreciated um, you know uh, when we talk about dividends, dividend stocks, we always think of them as an income stock uh, that idea where it has to be somebody who is looking to use the dividend to simply, you know, pay for lifestyle or supplement income in retirement something like that. But for younger investors, dividend investing can be extremely powerful in that dividend reinvestment model. And you know, we may look at it and say, "Oh, these companies don't grow at a very fast clip." However, you know, from an individual investor standpoint, that reinvested dividend model on some of these companies that have shown year in year out that they can do dividend payments and dividend increases. You know, that can be a pretty powerful tool for building wealth. And if you're holding term. it for 20, 30 years, well, yeah, you can like,
1: almost get the stock for free. Essentially, is each dividend if, if you look at a dividend instead of income, if you look at a dividend as lower, lowering your cost basis. Each dividend you pay, you becomes get the really stock for cheaper. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. What was that statistic over the last 100 years like some huge chunk of total returns have been from dividends, like 40 or 60 percent of total returns in the stock market?
1: Well, yeah, if you well, if you look back over the last Five to 10 years, the increase, I think it was like 120% of cash flows have now been paid as dividends or share buybacks, up from like 60% just a handful of wow. years ago. So it's become a financial engineering tactic for a lot of companies lately. And some people are worried about that um, reversing and, and harming the value of the stock market, but it's become a very important part of a CFO's job to pay dividends and buy back shares.
0: So, well, before we head out here, um any companies on the above list that you guys like in particular that you want to highlight or maybe aren't on the list, like I'm sure Tyler, you Oh, well, I'll Taylor <laughs> started off. Um it doesn't even have to be on the list.
1: Oh, yeah, on the dividend aristocrat list, I- I'm personally not going to invest in any of those companies. Um dividend payers in the energy sector that I like. I mean, the ones that I own, Halliburton, I'm not trying to talk to my game, but I own it because I like it. So, that's one of my favorite dividend payers. And they're,
0: of course, integrated, huge exposure to
1: Yeah, so they're the equipment and services provider, offshore, onshore, uh, natural gas, oil, predominantly fracking. uh, So, once that picks up and it hasn't even started to pick up really around the world. So, I'm expecting that to be a nice decade or so tailwind um, once China and Argentina and others get on board with fracking, because it's going to have to happen at some point.
2: Cool. Well, since I do own ExxonMobil, I guess I'll have to say that one, since it is on the dividend aristocrat kind of, sort of level. Uh, the reason that I do like ExxonMobil um, over the long term is, when compared to many of its peers, uh, when they're building out their projections on how to you know, develop new fields. They have a much more conservative approach in terms of at this certain price point, we have to have at least break even or a certain amount of return. And for ExxonMobil, that's about $55 compared to 60-70 range for most of its integrated major peers. Um, for, it, it has the reputation for years now, like decades even, of being the, the one company that f- invests through the cycle. So, you know, it's not trying to push a whole bunch of projects out the door when cash flows are great and then, you know, shutting down when things get get weak. And it, it gives them that level of consistency that I think most investors are looking for when they're looking for that income sort of play.
0: Cool. Well, that is it for us fools. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. As always, people on this program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Taylor Markman and Tyler Crow, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!